back again with some more Enneagram love. So excited. We are already at the threes. I'm so ready. It's also mind-blowing that we have reached the threes at this point. I know. It's so crazy. There's been so much that has happened recently. I know. It's a whirlwind of a year for sure. So with the threes, you and I both have a three wing. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. So this will ring true to both of us in this conversation. Yep. I think. 100%. Um, so let's, let's get to it. Tell us about threes. Who are they? Okay. So the type threes, they have two different names that kind of go back and forth. Um, so they're called either the perform, the performer or the achiever. Mm -hmm. Um, their basic fear is of being worthless. Their basic desire is to feel valuable and worthwhile. And their deadly sin is deceit. Mm -hmm. Just like all the other types. It's kind of confusing when you hear that deadly sin word. Um, they're not trying to be deceiving of other people, necessarily. They are deceiving themselves. Um, so basically, they over-identify so much with their achievement persona, they lose sight of who they truly are. They fool themselves into believing the false image that they give off. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that's that's why I thought I was a three for so long, because that core fear is like, oh, I mean, that's, that's pretty right, you know? I feel like if you have a three wing, it's... Very relatable. Really, yeah. And my three wing is very strong. The reason that I identify as a four is because of that core fear and yeah. that core desire. Yeah. Um, but even then, I still really see a lot of the things I do um, very much match up with the three personality. And so while I was, like, doing some research and writing some things down, um, I always have that question of, am I a four wing three or <laughs> am I a three wing four? I know. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, ultimately... I mean, both of us in our friendship, I can think of several times where we've had those, like, three tendencies with the chameleon side of things, which we'll talk about, and just, I mean, with a three, you just never know what you're going to get. And that's, you seriously never know what you're going to get. It's so interesting to talk to threes. Especially the unhealthy threes, because that deceit is just so, I don't want to say evident, because that's the point of the deceit, but, like, if you have any, even, like, a little bit of that trait... You can sense it in them. Like, you know when they're putting on a show. Yes. You can You can always tell when they're putting on a show. And one of the things that's really, um, so it's, I mean, so we've talked about with the Enneagram before is that you're not supposed to type other people. Um, but also, once you've d- dug into the Enneagram enough, you are not going to tell someone what their type is, but you can identify a lot of characteristics in people. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the time, I can identify a unhealthy Christian three. Yes. Um, which sounds very weird, but a lot of times when I am seeing someone speak on stage, that's a type three that is a pastor or just a Christian in general and they're speaking. Um, a lot of times when they're talking about their story is they're like, this is what I did for myself. They don't give any of that credit to God most of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a really unhealthy tendency, but it goes in with that three. They have that achievement persona. Um, and so they're like, this is what I accomplished. So I came back from this hardship. I did these things. It's not what God helped them do. It's not what God did for them. It's not what God blessed them with. It's what they did for themselves. Um, and so that is like, it's really easy for me to identify other threes, even if they don't know. And I would never tell them like, Hey, I think you're a three. You're an unhealthy three. Yeah. But it's especially (laughs) seeing like pastors speak on stage Um, and not to say like that pastors are unhealthy or something, but sometimes you can just really identify who, like where they've put their perspective of who did the work. 
And then when you get a healthy three that's speaking the truth of the gospel to you, I feel like it's so meaningful. Like, I don't know what it is. It's just like, it gets you pumped. It gets you motivated. Like when you go to like a, like, so Megan and I volunteer at a, um, a youth conference uh-huh. every year together. Yep. And when you get, if you have a three and the three we're talking to today is a pastor. And he serves at that conference. Yes. You just, like, you get so hype. You get so pumped. You're like, yes, glory to God, let's go. Yes. And you're so into it. But then when you get the unhealthy, you're like, wait a minute. I don't think I heard a single reference to God in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're totally right. I'd never thought of it that way. But that's that's definitely an easy way to catch that. Because there's a lot of pastors, I feel like, that are threes. Yes, and it's because the threes are so social, and when they are really healthy, that's, so one of the things, threes beating the table, they're super optimistic, they're resilient, and they're very inspiring. Um, So they want to talk about dreams, and they want to celebrate accomplishments. They're great motivators for anyone working towards anything. Yeah. Um, And so they, you will, like, often find people in that position of, like, being an inspirational speaker, a pastor, um, salespeople are typically salespeople are really threes. good threes because they have that. We're, we're going to talk about the chameleon. Yeah. Um, they just are really able to be good motivators. And so you see that a lot in that world. Um, and so it's very easy to, once you've seen enough of them, it's easy to determine who is a little bit healthier than someone else. So let's talk about that. Let's, what is the, so with unhealthy and healthy threes, what do those look like? And then kind of in that middle range too. Yeah. So healthy threes are accepting of being known and loved for who they are and not what they have accomplished. Um, so they have an identity of who they are, who God intended them to be, not everything that they've accomplished, not that what they've done for themselves. Um, so that's when you see like talking about the pastor, that's when you see pastors talking about God did this for me. This is who I've become because of God. Um, so they have that perspective those average threes, they're overachievers and they're workaholics. They love to see something. Um, they love to see things earned and they strive to do more and do it better than others. Their key motivation is winning. Mm. Um, and then the unhealthy threes, they find failure unacceptable. They cannot admit mistakes and they'll behave as though they are superior to others. They turn self-deceit into intentional deceit and will tell fabricated stories about themselves to maintain or grow their image. Wow. Yeah. So, I don't know what it is about an unhealthy three that just, like, scares me a little bit, I guess, like, to make that sound dramatic. It's just, like, those people are so vocal, and it's not always truthful. Like, when you see those Christians, especially, it's so toxic, because that's what, like, People outside of the Christian community see that and they're like, oh, gosh, like, I don't want any part of that. So when you get like an unhealthy three, I feel like it's it is a little scary, I think. And I I see like unhealthy threes on social media, especially. And it's just like, I don't know that what you're preaching is necessarily what people need to be hearing. Yeah, there's a lot and there's just a lot of deceit. Um, and that is why, like, so many people that I know are very hesitant towards threes because they're like, who do I trust in this? Of like, yeah. which, because it kind of, so one of the things we've mentioned, the chameleon a lot. So, yes. um, 
basically the threes are considered a social chameleon. They can walk into a room and identify the kind of person they need to be to be seen as successful and be loved based on what they've accomplished. Um, and so they can alter themselves. Um, one of the things that people will notice is if you are friends with a three, they have separate friend groups that do not interact with each other because they're different with each of those friend groups. Yeah. Um, and I've seen that in myself a little bit. Like I have work friends and I have church friends and I have, um, like, friends from college that I really don't interact, like, I really don't mix them together very often. I am still the same person, but when I mix them together, I do notice that there are things that I do differently with each person. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's really interesting. And the other thing, so one of the things that I really, like, see as being a wing three, and I see this in my friends that are threes is they're super motivated by work they're very productive people um and a one is also a very productive person but the ones are trying to do it right the threes are trying to do it first um (laughs) and so yes and so one of the things I always notice and this is when I'm like oh I'm my screaming's coming out hard is I hate red tape so these random rules that you have to get past to do things I'm like that is so frustrating because I just want to get it done and I want it I want to be first um I don't want to have to go through all the motions of following the rules Mm -hmm. um and so that is kind of how um I see my three wing play out especially at work I do not want to go through communicating with so many people that I'm like you don't have a you don't have to actually have a role in this I just have to get it approved by you because that's what that's what you say we have to do. And it's very frustrating to me. And I really struggle with that. And all of my friends that are threes really struggle with that. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't like having that authority over them. Yeah, for sure. I think my three wing is really strong in, I mean, the chameleon resonates with me so much. Just like being a two, and we talked about this last week, just like being able to read the emotions of the room, that makes it so easy for me to pick who I need to be in that setting. Mm -hmm. And then it's like a flip of a switch. All of a sudden, you're this person and you're this person. And that's just not really, like, in, in, in an unhealthy way. Just knowing what you, I mean, how to help people is basically the, my motivation for it. But, like, I have friends that are threes. Megan has friends that are threes. And it's, you, it, it's, it's interesting. I keep saying that. But threes just kind of, they make me scratch my head a little bit. Yeah, there are definitely, there are definitely people that you kind of have to come to understand Um, and I know a lot of people that are really nervous around them. Like Laura was nervous around eights. Um, I have friends that are nervous around threes because they just don't know who they're going to get, um, when they walk into a room. Um, and that makes me, some people nervous, um, especially like with those stress and heart points. So, um, when they're stressed, they go to the type nine and we've talked about like the type nines are not good at associating with themselves. Um, and so with you, when you have an unhealthy three, they're going to start being deceitful. They are disassociating from themselves. Um, and then when they go to a healthy point, they have that type six in them. Um, and so they are taking on some of those positive qualities. But there is that, like, motivation of fear for a type six. We haven't talked about the type sixes yet, so we won't dive super deep into that. Um, but the kind of just the entire feelings triad. So two threes and fours are the feelings triad or the heart triad. Um, they are enigmas to a lot of people because <laughs> yes. they are more rare. Um, which That's is, why Megan and I get along so which well. Which is funny because 
Laura's a two, I'm a four, and then the threes are in between us. Um, and so <laughs> we are kind of, people are confused by us because we're not super upfront about everything. Yeah. Which is funny because we're the feelings type. And so you think we would be upfront or not. There's a lot going on inside of our Makes a lot head. of sense not. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, What else? What else you got? I don't have anything else. I'm ready to talk to Garrett. Let's talk to Garrett. Welcome, Garrett, to P for Podcast. Hey! Thanks for joining us. Also glad to be here. Thanks so much for having me. We are excited to be talking to our token Enneagram 3 here. Uh, as we mentioned, Megan and I both have three wings, so we're excited to hear this conversation yeah. with you. I don't know how, how that makes me feel to be the token <laughs> 3 guy, so I don't know That's what you. That yep. Wear that badge proudly. Um, but let's do it. So tell us who you are, what you do, and give us something you collect. Yeah, so um, my name is Garrett Cohn, and I am the high school pastor at Preston Trail Community Church. And so I get to be paid to hang out with students and stay young by watching their lives change in a lot of cool ways. And so it's really cool. I enjoy it. It's something I collect. My wife would probably say I'm a hoarder, and so I collect a lot of different random things. Uh, college papers. So she had to literally just throw away boxfuls of my college papers from over a decade ago. Nice. That's amazing. But I would say that I probably collect just random useless points of pieces of knowledge. Our Enneagram 5s can relate to that, I'm sure. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's her fiancé, yeah. Yeah, he's an Enneagram 5. He loves his useless information. Also, and my dad's a 5 too, so I just love 5s. Um, you're our first male guest. Wow. So that's pretty cool. I just now realized that. Mm-hmm. Our first male guest. I feel very honored to Thank- represent the Y chromosome. Yep, there you go. <laughs> Do you know other 3s? Oh, yeah. So um, I work with multiple 3s. Uh, so I'm a 3-wing 2, and I work with uh, Colby Engstrom, who is a three-wing two. Uh-huh. Um, another person on our staff who works in our group's ministry, she is a three-wing two. So, yeah. I, Interesting. It's really, really, we actually get along great, which is really weird to be a three and to get along great with other achievers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, sure. It's really funny. So, we've, we started at the type eight, so we've gone a little bit of a different route. Um, but none of the other types are friends with people of their other types. Really? Um, and so that's really interesting. But then we also talked about, we have like an intro thing where we talk about just the type three in general. Um, and what we talked about is that there are a lot of threes in ministry. Yeah. Um, just because they're very achieving and motivating. Yeah. So. Yeah. We talked about how when you have a healthy three preaching at you, you just get so hype. You're just like, you want to jump in like, yes, Jesus, let's go. Yeah, it's, it's the high vision, right? Yeah. You, just, you can throw it in front of a person and it's, I mean, I, I believe personally that the, the message of the gospel is the most compelling vision ever. So I, I think that if there's anything to achieve for or to be awesome at, it would be for that. So, I mean, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. Awesome. Love that. Okay, let's talk about you and your threeness. Mm. Ready for this? Oh, I don't know if I'm ready, but let's go. <laughs> So how'd you figure it out? So I fought the Enneagram um, movement for a while. And when I actually, about a year ago, I uh, got here to Preston Trail, everybody on staff was like, hey, what's your number? And I'm like, 
972. Do you, do, you, yeah, do, you, do you want my digits or something? That's kind of weird. I'm married, you know? Like, let's, let's, and they're like, no, you're Enneagram. I'm like, um, I know what the Enneagram is. I'd seen, but I don't know what I am. So yeah. they said, well, go take this test. And so I went and just one of those random Enneagram tests on Google's yep. uh, and figured it out that way. Uh, I think when I took the test, I hated every moment of it because I was like, I have to figure out how to win this test. <laughs> Peak three. (laughs) Yeah. I have to figure out, okay, but I want to be mindful so I don't manipulate my answers, right? Yeah. So how in the world can I win this thing so that I can be the best number there is? That makes a ton of sense now on the other side of this. Uh Sure. But in the moment, moment I'm thinking, this is just dumb. I don't want to do this. So yeah, that was my process. Okay. That's pretty hilarious. I love that. Okay. I like that. Right. You know, you win some, you lose some, right? Yeah. I like the comment about, like, asking about, like, okay, do you want my phone number or what? <laughs> um, one of my experiences having a couple of my friends discover their types was we were in an elevator in grad school, and she's like, oh, I think I'm a, I think I'm a three. And I said, oh, I'm a four, so, like, I, I'm close to your number. And there's a guy in the elevator, and he goes, you guys are way prettier than that. Like, <laughs> so I thought we were rating ourselves physically. We were like, no, that's not what we're talking about. Like... <laughs> completely different thing oh gosh that brings me back to like when i was in college they had um rate your teacher stuff and like you could rate, oh, yeah. your, rate your professor rate your professor yeah. and they had like the pepper yeah for the and hot so they were scale. hot the uh-huh. pepper was there yeah that's really weird thinking back to that but i don't know why anyway. that's a whole other episode i feel like to tackle into be, why we're rating let's our rate professors the professors based on their physical appearance. that'll be on the remix you yeah know? remix yes the deep tracks <laughs> that's great okay so first thoughts after discovering your type Oh, I was so angry. I was like, no way am I this. Because when I read the description, I was like, no, I'm better than that. Like, I, I, this this is, there's no way this is right. And then I started having conversations with people about what it means to be a three. And they're like, well, no, don't just read the words like that you want to, you know, achieve your best and you want to do your best. And my wife is a one. Um, and she doesn't know it yet but she's a one uh, and so the difference between the one and the three is I've understood it has a, a lot around that perfectionist tendency so for a lot of times I thought or a long time I thought I was a one yeah and I realized no I don't have to be perfect because I think I have a healthy understanding that I'm not perfect but I still want to be better than you right uh, and so in the incongruency that I've felt internally about um, realizing that I can still be my best and also realize that I don't want to be prideful has been really one of the biggest self-discoveries as I've been processing this. It's like, you know, as I, like I said, I personally believe following Jesus's model of humility is really important. So how can you be an overachiever and an over high three and still want to practice that humility has been, uh, I was, I was kind of fighting it internally mm-hmm. a little bit and saying, okay, does this actually work? Um, but it's also helped identify areas of, of growth for me. It's helped identify areas of strengths and way that I can flex it in a way that's going to be helpful for others, uh, and helpful in what I do. And, and so, yeah, I, I think that my, my first thoughts were, um, you're, you're, you're stupid in a dumb head test. Um, <laughs> and I'm over you. And then I, you know, took a nap, drank a glass of water, and realized that it was probably a lot closer than I wanted to admit at the time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, so one of the things I always say is, um, like, when I first took the test, I typed as a four, and I was like, this person sucks. 
Like, I hate this person. I am not this person. Yep. And it's because they were calling out everything that you were uncomfortable with about yourself. Um, and so it's really uncomfortable. And that was one of the things we talked about earlier um, with the type threes is that a lot of times people think that they're a type one, but they're actually a type three or vice versa. Um, and the big difference between the ones and the threes is the ones are looking at that perfection aspect yeah. um, and the threes are looking at like the winning aspect yeah. um, or being first. And so um, that was one of the things like I have a very strong three wing. My mom's a one um, and I absolutely hate red tape. Like that's one of the things, especially like I'm super involved at Preston Trail. When someone tells me, well, you have to talk to this person and then has, they have to talk to this person in order to get that approved. I'm like, well, they don't have any hands in that. I don't want to wait for that. Like, I am just like, let's just go. I want to pass all those rules. Yeah. Um, and it's super frustrating sometimes to have that authority in place. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. That's why I think I'm not a three, because I don't identify with that at all. I'm like, give me structure and I'm going to respect you, because I know in the long run, that's going to be what helps you most, is by following your rules. Because I'm a two. Yeah. So it's interesting how you can relate and have parts of that trait, but you are not that trait or that number. Which, I mean, that's why we say this isn't putting you in a box. That's our, always our main point is the Enneagram isn't putting you in a box. You're already in a box. Yep. Break Oof. free. Oof. I know. I don't like being in a box. You're already in the box. Yeah. That's how you take yourself out of the yes. box. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. Um, so let's switch to conflict. How, how do you handle conflict? Okay. So is this a children's show or like, come on, let's, let's just be real for a second because conflict is not fun. No. And am I talking about like my first reaction or like when I actually, you know, kind of process, take a deep breath, like that's a partial answer right there. Let's talk about both. Yeah. So when I'm at my, my best, uh, I can take a step back and I can realize that winning is not always the best in a situation. And so still I can flex my three of trying to figure out what is best or what is better um, than maybe what is good. Uh, but I think when I'm at my best, I'll look at what's going to um, be beneficial for the person. And so if I'm, uh, you know, Megan, if we're, if we're sitting and arguing about Enneagram threes and, and I'm like, well, no, you're wrong. Blah, blah, blah. Like, um, <laughs> if I think about, you know, what is going to help this conversation further and continue in a way that's going to be beneficial for both of us, then I can, I can at my best recognize those things. That's not always the first case though. Sure. So, uh, and you talked to my wife, Amy, and she has seen the good, the bad, the ugly, and all that fun <laughs> stuff with me. And, in our in our conversations that we like just to call fun fun conversations, you guys know about those, right? Oh yeah. Those fun conversations, we realize that her being a one and wanting to have the perfect answer or the perfect response, and me being a three, just trying to win, I can maybe bulldoze my point a little bit. I can maybe try and devalue her mm. points mm-hmm. um i know nobody can re- re- uh, relate with that <laughs> yeah no i've never done that before what? yeah um i i may try to ignore important points from somebody else and just overtly just decide for them that my point is better mm. um so yeah I'm really not a terrible person, and I feel like I'm making myself sound like a terrible person. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. 
Now, I feel like those conflict situations are like those tests that you used to get in college where they're like, what's what's not the right answer, but what's the best yeah. answer? And you're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, it's... I don't know. What kind yeah, of you're like, I don't know. And yeah, those are those types of conflicts that you're like, I don't know what the right way to go is with this way. Like, I don't know what to, ha- what to do. But that's why I li- that's what I love about continuing to, to figure out who I am and to flex a little bit of my personality oh, yeah. and knowing a little bit more about myself so that I can recognize when I'm going to, you know, react one way emotionally based upon um, conflict that may really fire me up yeah. and get me a little bit more passionate about something that could potentially go in a wrong direction and help me remember the person. And that's why I think for me, my wing two really helps in that was, regard. Yes, that's what I was thinking too. And like I I want to, because I want to care for and I want to do what's beneficial for the other person as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's, that's something that I think has helped me um, so I can truly have that perspective of not only what is going to be helpful, but what's best for this person. Sometimes what's best is for me to prove my point and to help them see that there's a different perspective. But uh, sometimes it's also better for me to be able to say, you know what, no, it's not about winning this argument because that's going to devalue and that's going to um, destroy the relationship. What's better and what's best for them is going to be able to help make them be heard and help them uh, their point be received in a way that's going to further the relationship. So that's been some some pretty cool moments as I've been able to learn a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting that. you say that. My that's the marriage advice that my dad gave to my fiance when he asked for permission. He said, "When you're arguing, it's not about winning; it's about coming together after the fact." Yeah. And so I think that's really cool to see that like vocalized um, here and now because I think it just brings it home. Like that is so important. That's really good advice for all of our listeners. Just it's not always about winning. Sometimes you need to get your point across if they need some tough love. Yeah. But it's not always about winning. Oh, yeah. Sorry, threes. I know that hurts. It's not always about winning. <laughs> oh, man. We can form a support group. Yes. Oh, yeah. Love it. Okay. So speaking of support groups, oh, no. you're a pretty social person, right, Garrett? Oh, just a little bit. Just yeah. a little bit. You're just a little <laughs> extroverted. Um, what was quarantine like for you? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. So it's just been so amazing and wonderful and like I've loved it and learned so much about myself. Okay. No, that's completely garbage. Like uh, rewind. Yeah. So in all actuality, the first little bit, I was, I was actually very productive. Um, at first realizing that I, I wasn't as, yeah, I didn't have my extroverted outlets and seeing people, but I was getting a lot of stuff done and feeling really accomplished. And I was like, okay, this is really cool. Yeah. But then my motivation started going down. It's like, I need, where's my recharge? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I burned out so fast. And I realized, man, I need to be around people. I love my wife. I love my kids. I have three boys, six, three. And at the time was less than a year. Wow. So my life was chaotic. We, we like to say that our, our life is an adventure uh, every single day. Um, and I have the stories to prove it and the battle scars to prove it. Battle but scars. I, yeah, for real. Um, my kid used to be a biter. Um, oh, no. But I, I think I realized in quarantine how much I was not only enjoyed being around people, but I was filled up um, by people. There's, uh, I heard this term of being exergized, um, not, not only extroverted, but exergized, where um, I am filled up my, my, uh, by being around people and by flexing those extroverted tendencies. So uh, quarantine has been a little tough um, from that. Now being back at, you know, at work, uh, I'm around people all the time. 
so that's nice. Uh, it's a little bit weird with the mask, but now it just does, uh, doesn't even phase me at just all. Just normal now? It's just yep. normal. So I I would love to say I'm ready for things to go back. I just, I, I'm also, I miss hugging people. Yeah. And like giving high fives and, you know, I miss that stuff because I'm, I'm a physical touch person. So it's weird. It's like, oh, I can't. I'm going to do the awkward elbow thing. Yeah, the awkward <laughs> elbow thing is not, it does not meet that standard of like physical contact with people. No. It's like, how about I awkward elbow you in the face? Yeah. Just, <laughs> there you go. Get a good little side jab. There you go. What's next? Next up is uh, talking about giving love. Mm. How do you how do you like to give that love? Yeah, um, personally, I love to give um, words of affirmation. Uh, I want I want people to feel encouraged uh, because uh, I and part of it is I I, re- I love receiving words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel if if you know that I. If, if you know that I care for you, I'm going to show you with my words. I'm also going to show you with my actions. And so um, when, when I talk with Amy, uh, we have this conversation all the time because she's not a words of affirmation person. And so um, I give love in my primary way you know, over like words of affirmation. But I think I'm flexing a little bit to try to figure out what works. It's hard. I'm not a gift. Like, I, I can't, I, it's hard. Like, if, if, you, if I want to give people flowers or if I want to give people gifts or I want to do little trinkety things for me, um, I work with, uh, with with Colby, like I said earlier. Colby's constantly putting little things on my desk, and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I never would have thought to do that. And so if I have gift ideas, I go to him, and I say, hey, what would you do for this person next week? He's helped me with anniversaries, with birthdays. Dude, I was like, I've got my own little genie who can help me uh, show people love in a different way. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I like you know, giving words of affirmation, helping them know what I see in them. Because I think that that's uh, people being told what others see in them is significant. Oh, yeah. That's an impact. Yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, you started here a year ago now, like almost exactly a yeah. year. And in the year that I've known you, you're really powerful with words of affirmation. Um, there's been like multiple times, like I know you've texted me or called me. Um, but this morning you told me I was a piece of work. So that was rude. I mean, that's not a lie. (laughs) It's not a lie. (laughs) Um, you told my roommate that this morning. Um, but there have just been times where like, especially working together in high school ministry, you're like, Megan, you're doing a great job. And I'm like, thank you. And I don't accept compliments very well. Um, and so being able to accept that, relatively easily from someone is pretty good like that means that i know that it's genuine um so you were were really hard to read i really thought you hated me like the first six months (laughs) that is so classic megan and then there was covid so i was like does she even like (laughs) enjoy serving in ministry with me like so i can't wait to talk about the force (laughs) literally the the first time i met garrett i had come i don't know why i was here in the middle of the week like i met you in the middle of the week Mm -hmm. but i'd come from the hospital where i was working so i still had my badge on and he walked up and he was like you must be megan and i forgot that i had my badge on and i was like how do you know my name and i just kind of gave him this look and walked away and then i like wait here's the deal listeners you can't see her face when she's doing this and like she has this like crumpled up face she's like what do you, how do you know? Ew, like, who what, is this? Exactly, like Creeper? I'm like, who is this man? And so I just walked away and then I felt so awkward about it that I like could not approach a conversation to be like, I'm sorry that I was so awkward in that conversation. So I just avoided you for oh months. Because I was like, oh peak awkwardness. This is peak Megan, yep. truly. 
peak Megan. She was my awkward acorn in my phone for so long. Because when fun. she gets in those situations, it's just like, Megan, what is that? Yeah, there are so <laughs> many weird things that happen. And I just am like, I'm going to leave now. And like, then I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to give you words of affirmation. I'm going to win this. I'm going to prove to you. Yes, <laughs> yes. So do you think that, this isn't on the list, I'm so sorry. Do you oh, think no. that part of your personality is kind of what attracted you to like high school students in that ministry? Because I feel like those are the people more than anybody that really just need to be told that, hey, you're doing okay. You're, you're doing good. Do you think that was part of it? You know, I, I love students, period. I yeah. mean, my, my life changed when I was 15 years old. I had a youth pastor who, who saw something in me. I don't understand why. I was awkward and chubby, and it was just <laughs> terrible acne and BO. Like, that, that's just what it was. 15-year-old boys. Yeah, 100%. And we did not have Axe body spray. Sorry if we're not sponsored. Um, <laughs> we're uh, going to go to commercial here for exactly. Axe body spray. Um, but I remember seeing people recognize those things in me. Um, it changed my life. And I think the opportunity now, uh, I do love high schoolers because I think that they need to be reassured. I think they're figuring out who they want to be and who they mm-hmm. think they are. And they need to be reassured that they're on the right track or yeah. to be spurred and helped that they're on the right track. I love middle schoolers too, but middle schoolers, let's be real. I don't wish middle school upon my worst enemy. <laughs> like middle schoolers are a hot mess. Yeah. And it's it's just real life. But they're yeah, I, I think that maybe part of, part of, wanting to uh, I I think that there probably is a little bit of that I want to see as many students know Jesus as quickly as possible so they could live the longest life possible with him Um, Mm -hmm. I I just I feel like even though I my life changed when I was 15 years old I was 15 years too late Um, I I would love to see students recognize who they are who God sees them to be so much sooner oh I love that I like that I've always had a soft spot for, like, young women just because, mm-hmm. oh, they need love. Yeah. They need so much love. Oh, my gosh. That's why we love high def. <laughs> it's... If, if middle school and high school girls, like, knew how loved they are mm-hmm. and recognized that guys are just stupid. Gosh, um, they're just not so worth it. it. They're just so not worth it. Guys, we, we, we can grow out of it, too. Like, I promise you. Not fully. I'm a middle school boy at heart. Let's just be real. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, okay, so on the other side of that, how yeah. do you like to receive love? Yeah. I hinted at it earlier. I, I do I do like words of affirmation. But here's this is something that I'm even discovering about myself now as I'm getting a little bit older. Um, talk, we know talk is cheap. Um, we know that people can kind of BS their way around whatever they want to. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, forgive me. No, you can um, say that, you're good. Um, I, I think the thing that's hard is I want to know, and I feel loved when I know that I'm valued. Um, and so if I, I feel most valued when I'm not doubting that you see worth in me. Um, and so I think a lot of times it does happen through words and, and reaffirmation and reassurance. Um, but I think also for me it's time. Spending time with me, not jumping to your first, um, your first inkling, Megan, about who I am and the fact that, you know, I just know how to read. I mean, gosh. I'm well, like, stop that. Exactly. Gee, stop using your brain. Yeah, I know, right? Um, it's that useless knowledge stuff. It's like I know I never... how to read words. Yeah. I, I, and useless so, knowledge. So you help, like, I receive love best when I can know be told, be reminded, be affirmed over and over and over. Um, and, and even if I think, I think that does flex a little bit into that three wanting to be, you know, 
I don't like being the best, but it means that I've you know achieved what I want. I want people to know that I care. Um, and yeah, I don't know if that was fully thought out answer as much as, but you guys, I'm a verbal processor, so you guys can just deal with it. So it's totally uh, fine. Now we're the same. Let's process everything yeah. always. No, that's great. So what? So is your love language? Is it giving words of affirmation than receiving uh, quality time? Is that what it is for you? I would say it's receiving words of affirmation slash quality time. Mm, yeah. Yep. That's how mine is. Yeah. In emphasis on the slash. Yeah. Because if you don't spend time with me, then your words aren't going to mean as Talk much. Talk is cheap. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really, yeah, that kind of like people that have words of affirmation, but quality time isn't up there. I'm like. How do, how do they know how to affirm you? They haven't spent enough time with you. It'd be really yeah. easy to affirm them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's just not it's not intentional affirming. Yeah. So yeah. that could be a whole episode, too. That goes into expectations. Mm-hmm. Talking mm. about those love languages. Good oh, yeah. Okay. What is something you wish everyone else knew about your type? Yeah. Um, this, is, this is one of those things where if... Maybe it's just for me. I don't want to speak for all threes because, you know, I am the expert on threes, obviously, just because I am one, <laughs> because I'm the best three ever. Uh, I, it's, it's really that I do care significantly, uh, even more than being the best, uh, or even more than achieving, uh, or more than winning. Um, and, that's, and that's something that's hard, is sometimes in my threeness, I don't know how to properly not be a bull in a china shop. Um, and that's just reality, I think, sometimes. I mean, we're not eight holes like everybody. Um, and that's kind of just one of those things that if, you've, if you haven't listened, go back and listen to the whole eight podcast there. A little shout out. Oh, thank you so much. Um, Wait, did you say eight holes? Yes, 100%. That's you've hilarious. Ne- you've never heard that term before? No, no but yeah. I like it. I, I heard that from, from somebody who is an eight, so I'm not I'm not calling anybody out. They self-affirmed that in them. Um, gotcha. But uh, for, for me, um, recognizing that when people recognize that I do truly care about them, that, that is something significant. I want people to see that and know that um, even more than winning, and winning at all costs does not mean uh, – is not – hugely important to me if if it destroys the relationship it's not worth it to me so i think that's a very healthy perspective of that yeah 100 percent. that's good that's really good and i'm still in process that's okay yeah i think everybody's processing yeah probably. and learning good good word lifelong yeah. learners lifelong learners um okay so what's your favorite thing about being a three? Oh man i love dodgeball um <laughs> The movie or the game? Oh, definitely or the game. Both. Definitely the game. And the movie's pretty great, too. <laughs> Maybe that's another reason why I'm in student ministry is there's nothing like taking your frustrations out on... Never mind. I probably could get fired for that. So no, <laughs> There's joking. nothing like hitting a middle school boy with a dodgeball. <laughs> so you said it. I didn't have to say it. <laughs> I don't, I'm not paid by press and trail. No, no. no in, all, in all seriousness, I, I think that um, I'm an athlete uh, and I'm a musician. And so I love, um, I love you know winning. I love competing. I yeah. love being part of that. Now... Uh, I don't always win, and it frustrates me, but it drives me to want to do better, and it drives me to want to keep playing. Uh, I, uh, I play hockey, and pretty regularly, actually. I had a game last night. I have a game tonight. Outside, so, right? In the uh, Texas summer? That's uh, where you play your most of your hockey? Yeah, 100%. Um, it's actually, I play in my garage uh, in full pads and with the garage doors closed, oh, so yeah. there's a lot of humidity. Amazing. Oh. That's the best time to play. Yes, obviously. Uh, with your weird garage door that doesn't close. 
Well, you know, it just is what it is. Megan is I'm here to roast Garrett. Yeah, exactly. She, she had to take my family to the airport one day. She couldn't close the garage. It's not my fault. It would not shut. Is that operator error more so than the garage I had door? to hold the button the entire time. Is that normal? She shut, She touched the butt. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I think, um, I don't know, my favorite thing about my type that's a good question. I, I love I, I love just uh, the competition aspect of it, uh, being being who I am, just being able to continue to learn. I, I'm driven, I, and, and that's that's part of it. I, I'm not satisfied easily, and so uh, sometimes to my detriment. But, but I, I, I want to get better. I want to do better because I always think that there's more that we can give. I, I think that's part of um, part of life, though. It's it's growing. It's learning. It's not saying okay, I've arrived. If I've arrived. And I'm 34 years old. Man, that stinks. <laughs> like, I don't want to live the rest of my life like being 100% the way I am right now. I want mm-hmm. to continue to grow with that and get better. That's good. Yeah, I kind of think anyone that thinks that they've arrived at any point in their life either does not have a good understanding of humility or is, like, at the end of their life. Like, I really I really don't know how you can go through life and feel like you've know, you know everything. Yeah, I mean, that's... It, but you just described what it's like to be in high school, though, right? That's true. I mean, because in all reality, when I was in high school, I thought I had it all figured out. I knew better oh, than my yeah. mom. I knew better than my sister, who was six years younger than me. And let's just be real, little sisters, come on. Love you, Kels. Um, but <laughs> really, I think I struggled in high school a lot because I thought I had it all figured out. And so when humility was something that I, that I had to learn, it really just punched me in the face. Uh, this, that, was, that was real life. Yeah, humility is pretty gut-wrenching pretty much most of the time. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Okay, so anything else that comes to mind? Advice for any friends who love threes? to fellow threes. Shout-outs to fellow threes. Whatever you got. Well, pi to nine places is 3.14159265539. Um, Thank God. Yeah. We know that now. I think it is. If not, just go to your calculator and check me on it, I guess. Um, the threes probably are. <laughs> right. And the fives are like, like yeah. I got I to gotta beat you. I got to beat you on how many numbers you know in the square root of And five. the fives and are like, number mm, five. wrong. Exactly. It was like, no, it was actually, uh, there's a comedian who would always talk about uh, the random smart person in class that was always like correcting everybody is Irwin. Um, oh, like, isn't that just that kind of name? Yes. Irwin. Um, <laughs> That's yeah, like uh, right, the know-it-all. Yes. Yeah. yeah, nobody likes to know it all. That's something I like to share. Nobody likes to know it all. So threes, if you're being a know-it-all, um, my sister. Oh, whoa! What uh, was this? Was a rough cough. Do you have the man? The yeah. Rona is live. <laughs> I need to put my mask back on. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think uh, anything else I'd like to share about being a three, I I think I'm loving the fact that. I'm a three wing two. Um, I think it's a great balance. Um, and so if you're not a three wing two, maybe you're not as good as us. Um, and so maybe you should pray about that. And I'm joking. Please don't. <laughs> like, that would be so weird. Um, it, uh, I think that this is something, some advice is if you're a three, um, find as many opportunities to flex humility and love as possible um, in your threeness uh, because it, and it's going to take work but you're a three so you like to work hard you're driven you like to get better uh, the more opportunities that we can listen and we can hear ways to help and ways to be better for the benefit of somebody else is going to help you truly flex into who who you are as a three I guess um, but also it's going to help you 
to do so in a beneficial way, not just so that you can be better than anybody. Because there's a lot of really bad people who are better than a lot of other people. Um, there are a lot of people who did some terrible things who were just better at it um, than other people. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of that basic principle. We can we can show love, or we can take love. So let's just give it willingly and openly. That was good. I like that. That was really good. Okay. Well. Well, thank you, Garrett. Yeah. That was great. Hey, you know, every now and then I have a piece of wisdom. So maybe <laughs> next time you have me on the show, I can <laughs> drop it then. So this has been fun, though. I, I love it. Thank you for the opportunity. This yeah. is your first podcast. This is my first ever Woo-hoo! podcast. I love We're that. We're winning. Yes. We won. Well, out, outside of the podcast, you know, where you can find my messages, like from yeah. past churches and stuff like that, or even uh, you can you can go to the YouTubes. Um, the but YouTubes. The I love you- that it's the Googles and the YouTubes. Always. Yes. That. Just put an S at the end of it. It's just the Walmarts. Yeah. No, it's it's never the Walmarts. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, it's the Walmarts. It's the. I'm definitely anti Walmart. I apologize to all you Walmart people. I'm sure. You're from Kentucky. That's really surprising. Yeah, I, I can shop at Kroger for just about everything. Oh yeah, Kroger's the best. Yeah. I get Unless all my groceries you're in Houston, from... and H E B is real life. Ooh, that's yeah, true. That that's true. I get Actually, all my groceries from Target because I'm bougie. That is really bougie. It's really bougie. <laughs> hey, it's Target or Walmart, so. Oh yeah, that's fair. These pants are from Target. Target. I freaking love Target. Oh, yeah. Most of my clothes are from Target. Well, there you go. Again, now not an ad, but by Target. we would love to be. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks, well, thanks Garrett. Garrett. Thanks for joining us, Garrett. Hey, you threes, don't screw it up. Well, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Garrett. I know I did. I really enjoyed hearing what it's like to be a three from his perspective. And it's interesting when you have a wing of the number you're talking to, to hear how it applies to your own life. So even if you're not a three, I know you can get a lot out of this, especially if you love a three. Now you've kind of got an inside look into their brains. Next week, we're moving to the fours. And this is Megan's number. And I love fours. They are so fun to have intentional conversations with and I know this conversation next week with our guest and Megan is going to be really fulfilling to hear. In the meantime, go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram at P for Podcast and make sure to subscribe so you can get a notification every Wednesday when our episodes release. Make sure to also follow Megan at the Monday Co. on Instagram. That's all I've got for you guys. Thank you so much and have a great rest of your week.